0: I'm Suzanne Murdoch, and welcome to Series 2 of Powering Productivity. Each episode, I explore the energy that connections, expertise, and being in your best flexible working environment can bring to not just your business, but to your whole life. So let's get started. Welcome, I'm your host, Suzanne Murdoch, and today I'm joined by the lovely Mel Wiggins, who's been creating the most amazing coaching business from a little seed of an idea to a strong and thriving community serving women across the UK, Europe, and beyond since 2016. Before this, Mel worked in nonprofit management and activism roles, before taking the leap to pivot her career to work with women who want to be more courageous in both their lives and in their work and I was sneaky I have to be honest I did whip that from your website because <laughs> I was like that, that sounds familiar <laughs> <laughs> it was such great wording but my favorite part on your bio is when you refer to challenging the narratives and boundaries that hold us back both in our culture and within ourselves I thought that mm. was really prevalent and I think a lot of women <sighs> would really resonate with that mm. so Mel how are you? I'd love to hear a little bit about your story and what lights you up, what, you, what your purpose is here.
1: Mm. How you've gotten
0: to where you are now. Mm.
1: Well, um, I appreciate you asking me to, to chat. I always love a good, a good yarn, especially with another female business owner or someone who's in that space. There's lots to talk about. So I, yeah, so I grew up very aware of. Uh, social issues. I came from a social work family. And so once I finished university, I did a youth work, uh, community work degree. And once I finished that, I entered into nonprofit work. So I worked in that space for, you know, most of my career up until 2016, doing various youth work roles and management roles um, within Northern Ireland, in Canada, um, where I my family lived for a time, and then um, in London as well. So did some inner city work uh, in London, um, and then settled in Northern Ireland when my husband and I got together and uh, established a, a project looking at research and response to the issue of human trafficking and um, and modern day slavery. So. Uh, That was my, that was my heart and soul and my blood, sweat and tears for the guts of 10 years um, establishing this project. It was, there was nothing like that was happening in Northern Ireland before. And yes, it was a huge, hugely steep learning curve, um, managing funding and networking and working with government and on policy and training professionals and (laughs) creating resources on this very very unknown issue at least here in Northern Ireland at the time um so it was very exciting it was very fulfilling and it was very um intense and I enjoyed it so so much it was it was like my first child before I had children was this project (laughs) and it gave me it gave me such an a breadth of experience of how to manage people, how to start something from scratch. So it gave me that kind of entrepreneurial kind of, you know, it scratched that itch in me, you know, and it was making a difference. You know, it was really making a difference, which was hugely important to me. And I guess that's um how I landed here was although the work that I do now, which is coaching women, women who want to build values led businesses. It on the surface looks very different, right? Like it, that the rules that I had in activism and community work are different to what I'm doing now. The ethos is still the same, you know, the ethos of helping people to really live freely in their potential and to to do brave work is really at the at the heart of of all of the work that I've done, I suppose, is yeah, to. That, that
0: that That's actually what I picked up on is that similar thread. There's the bravery, the courageous side of it and the whole empathy side mm-hmm. in both,
1: both the areas that you've worked in. That really does
0: move through mm. both.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's massively, massively important to me. And I think um, stepping into a completely different career um, in my late 30s is, you know, it felt kind of vulnerable and, but I, you know, I'm, I'm someone who, there's a lot, there's a pattern to how things have kind of happened in my life when I look back, you know, and it's been, you know, establishing, I'm very much, uh, I love to pioneer. I love to start and establish and create things from scratch. Uh, and I, you know, I've really, I really, I really have enjoyed that, that process with this, with this, coaching business as well. And I think the difference with this is that I now have the full autonomy to to create and create and and recreate in my business as well, which is what I love. And to do that in a way that feels that feels really aligned with my values and my boundaries and um yeah and that full autonomy, I guess. And I feel like that is brave. That is brave work that you have to be to be to kind of not do things the way maybe the handbook tells you, but to, cre- to create a business and a life on your own terms is brave work. And I guess that's what I'm I'm really, really interested in. Absolutely. And I'd love to pick up on that whole bravery
0: and the courageous and breaking down barriers later on, because I think that's a really key thing for, for um, entrepreneurs and business owners. But and this month I've been exploring a lot about the whole retention planning and repurposing in our business. And I guess for me, it comes down to like sustainability and our energy. And like you said, aligning ourselves Mm. with our values. And not just looking at our existing client base, but also how we as the business owners show up in our business. Are we really being ourselves or or are we being what's expected of us and and comparing ourselves to others the whole time? And I think my big thing, which I've only really learned to do recently is to stop almost pretending to be someone that I'm not stop comparing myself to others that might be doing similar things. I bring my own skill set, my own personality. Um, I know I'm an introverted business owner, but that does, that doesn't necessarily have to hold me back. That means I mm-hmm. can bring other, other skill sets and also really learning and understanding and constantly checking in about what gives me that energy and what drains me. And actually at different times of the day, you know when when is my energy more prevalent. So, what can I do? I think it's just really about knowing yourself and
1: constantly checking in and knowing that you change over over yeah. The years. Yeah, you do for sure, and especially for for women, that's I think that's absolutely imperative. You know, we we have cycles in our in our bodies that are very real that we have to be really realistic about and what, you know, like I'm very tuned in now. I wasn't before, but really tuned in now to what my body needs at, cer- at certain points in the cycle in my hormone cycle, because there are, there are things at different points throughout the month in my body that I am just, I just don't have the capacity for. And I'm, I'm, and I think that this comes down to the fact that we haven't had much modeling of that as women, right? So we have, if we've taken the leap to start a business, often the only models that we've been shown have been based on what men are doing. And that's that's just not going to work for us. It just isn't. We're not men. We're not, we don't, men have a 24 hour hormone cycle. We have a 30 day hormone cycle. Um, And so how we operate is always going to be very different. And um, we also have, I think, a lot more complexity and nuance to our lives in terms of what's expected of us and our responsibilities. Um, And so it is absolutely like what you said, we have to check in regularly and notice and note and, and understand ourselves. And, you know, I think... I think that self-awareness as a business owner is hugely important. Um, yeah. but so many of us are just kind of running businesses based on like a, an old outdated model of how you do things and not really grasping and exercising the full autonomy of being a woman in business that can recreate and shape this to however she wants it to look. Um, and still be successful and still feel fulfillment. Um, And I think that when we try to adapt to what has been handed to us as business models, we actually, that's how women end up being burnt out and, and actually feeling that they're inadequate as a business owner. And it's not that they're inadequate, it's that they haven't had the opportunity or felt the permission to slow down, to check in, to acknowledge their desires and needs, to create and, and execute their boundaries, to <laughs> be smart about how they work. So I'm, I feel really passionate about that. No,
0: me, absolutely. I do as well. And I think, I think if you can really grasp yourself and have that self-awareness and be able to move with those ebbs and flows through the month, I think yeah. that can make you a really strong person. And I yeah, think- I think it allows you to to show so many aspects of you as an individual. So, for example, certain times in the month you can be more creative. You can do your writing, and then other times you're more dynamic. You've got that um, that buzz and that energy, so you can I don't know get certain tasks, different sorts of tasks done. But there's so many different sides to us, and I think it's it's having that awareness and actually. Feeling free enough and open enough to be able to speak about these things as well, because it was such a taboo area. Hormones, don't 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 go there. Don't talk about hormones. Don't talk about womanly things.
1: Well, it's been weaponized against us. It's almost yeah. like, oh, she's a not going to be performing well, you know, six days out of the out of the month because of this. And actually, it's 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 been weaponized and and been used as some sort of like justification that we're not competent in certain at certain times when actually when you have a business of your own you can decide to shuffle your work around so you know whenever i have whenever i'm on my period i don't want to be sitting in long zoom calls <laughs> like i don't right like why can yeah. we not talk about this freely this happens to half the population <laughs> why are we not talking about this openly that it's a real thing that we have to you know and we get to you know filter into our business and make it integral to how we work because you know it's it's caring it's it's honoring of our bodies and it's like actually empowering when we really kind of flip it on its head and see it as an opportunity to like exercise our business autonomy that we can take those take that space and rest and like after ourselves yeah, and
0: I think talking about it openly with our friends and family as well. But thank God for the likes of Davina McCall about really mm. prom- promoting women's, women's health and the different stages through life. But I mean, we talk a lot, of, we're talking a lot about energy in business. And I know you do a lot of work around the whole repurposing, mapping processes, and that sort of thing, and funnels and workflows and, and making things more seamless so that we can. Mm-hmm. Use our energy and our skill set, but we haven't got to constantly duplicate everything we're doing. So that's that's one area that I know we can oh yeah use our
1: time really efficiently and smartly. Absolutely, I think so. You know, the I think the, the social media being such an amazing tool for businesses now also means that we feel like we have to be creating all the time, creating content all the time. And actually, I don't. well, particularly for me in my, in my business, which is a service-based business that is based around quite meaty concepts and teaching and learning. I don't think it's in my best interest or even in my client's best interest to be churning out content and having to be like, having to be profound every day. Like it's just not natural, you know, like we have to actually, you know, our, everybody's lives are so busy and full that I want my content and what I do put out there in the world to have, to become a body of work rather than churned out content that just kind of passes somebody's eyes and keeps going. I want people to come to my content and take it and chew on it and think about it and integrate it. And we have lost a bit of that. Ability to integrate because we are so used to seeing post after post after post after post and scroll and scroll and read and go oh that's amazing and scroll or save and or share and then we're done and we're not actually absorbing and integrating any of any of this stuff in so I I don't want to contribute to that noise so my my kind of system of content um, and of messaging is very strategically long and gives like many different touch points where you can engage with the same thing. Right. Um, and I also think that that's, it's smart because it actually establishes you as an authority rather than someone who's just saying something all the time, something different all the time. And, and, and it's what I teach as well, is that this kind of idea of slow marketing that is more about depth than it is about churning out is really, really important in building your authority as a business owner and in your field. And I talk to my clients about the concept of working hard once, work hard once, create content once that is going to have legs that you can dissect and repurpose into other areas, right? So my main content is my podcast. And I I write a script for that, and I you know include a lot in that, give a lot of value in that, and then that that podcast gets uh, repurposed into a blog post, a newsletter, an Instagram post, a story, a reel, whatever, you know. But I've worked hard once at that, uh, and I'm and I'm going to cycle that one podcast episode through a couple of weeks, right? Yeah. Rather than Feeling like I have to come up with something really incredible every single day, or you know, in some cases, the Instagram, you know, strategists are saying twice a day. I'm like, no, thank you. No, it's just draining. I do not
0: know how people do that and still keep creative.
1: It's what, not healthy. It's not healthy, it?
0: and it's not genuine either. No. You know, how can you truly engage with those people that when
1: they're not coming across genuinely? Well, it become then it becomes more about performance to mm-hmm. me. I'm performing a show every day just so people can see it right rather than
0: having something to
1: to add to the conversation
0: yeah and when you're doing that long form
1: podcast or blog
0: I think it's really interesting I've started going back um to other podcasts and blogs I've done and you look at it from a different perspective as well so yes you can take snippets but you you can also read Regurgitate it if you want, and look at it from a different perspective because the body of work is still there, and that doesn't take too much of your energy up. Or take snippets and put put those parts into a blog that you're doing that month, for example, so you can reference it as well.
1: Yeah, and there's just so many tools out there now that are so worth investing a little bit of money a month to subscribe to to be to kind of make your work easier. You know, transcribing podcasts so you're not typing things out. You know, like workflow systems. You know, I can't say that I'm an expert in that at all. Like I have, I have hired in for that work, so I have a, an amazing operations coordinator that runs all of that kind of systems and operations side of my business, um, and has created some beautiful like workflows that that removes me from the kind of back end of the business, uh, so that I'm not, I'm not swimming in admin and manual tasks and I can actually spend my time thinking about what is what are the messages that I want to put out there to make sure that people know what my work is about and that I'm establishing my authority so that clients feel safe with me and they want to work with me and they recognize the value of the work that I do. Because if I'm in the back of this and I'm just like forwarding things and I'm like (laughs) manually, you know, like, I don't know honestly so many things that I used to do manually that I don't anymore like it it has absolutely freed me up and I think it's those are the kind of things that I would love every female business owner to feel free to invest in and know that the return is going to be so 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 much for them you know because nobody gets into a business wanting to fiddle about with their Squarespace website unless that's what you oh, do I right right no, you get that <laughs>
0: So there's a lot of people would have barriers to handing over certain aspects of their business to yeah,
1: experts, I get that.
0: knowing that in the long run, it's going to save them time and money, but you're handing over your baby, you know, and how do you break those barriers down bit by bit and take those first steps and hand, hand something over and delegate it? Because I, I mean, I really struggled at the beginning and now I've mm-hmm. learned. well, here, you have to do that or your business isn't going to grow. You can't shine your light on what you do well. If you're mm-hmm. caught up in all those
1: stupid things that you, know mm-hmm. you don't do well, I think when I first started doing that was it was like I had to hold it as a bit of an experiment. So you know it was a freelancer that I hired for like five hours a month or something to like um, set up my email workflow system, like or email sequencing, right? So like a welcome sequence for any new email subscribers, and um, I had a, I have a membership, and so she was setting up the membership welcome workflow and that, you know, all of these different systems were talking to each other and all this kind of stuff. And to be honest, when I first, I remember first having a call with this person, this virtual assistant, and she's like, what, so what is it that you need help with? And I didn't even know what to say. I was like, I need you to look in at my business and you tell me, like, you tell me what I need help with. So I then was like, here, this is what I'm doing this manually. And then I'm adding this person to this spreadsheet. And then I add them into this and the, and she's like, oh no, 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 we don't, (laughs) we don't do that. There are apps and there are tools for this. And I was like, okay, like I'm going to experiment with having this person who clearly knows way more than I do, do five hours a month for a couple of months and see how that goes. See what difference that makes. And it was from there that it was like incrementally, I was like, yep, okay, let's add some more R's. There's more stuff. Let's add to your role until it was established as a proper role, you know, within my team. You know, I totally understand that feeling of, oh, this is my, this is my beautiful business that I, you know, anything that goes out into the world is representative of me. And I, I need to make sure that this person gets that. Um, and so when that, that virtual assistant that I was talking about, when she, when it was time for her to move on and into her own business in a fuller way, so she wasn't doing client work anymore, I had to find somebody else. And actually that was really scary because I was like, oh God, I've actually, I really have, I really am so reliant on having somebody in this role now that I, you know, I can't go back to doing this stuff more myself. Scary, isn't it?
0: That for me is more scary is
1: yes, you hand a part over
0: and you realize how well that person does it, and then you've got to
1: go navigate the
0: whole and you know nothing about that person, but you don't know how what perspective they're going to take on that role you've given
1: them. Yeah, so we had like this whole you know, that that, that VA was incredible about helping me find the neck like her replacement, so she. You know, we did a really comprehensive recruitment for that, that rule. Cause it was, you know, so there were like really like, there was three steps to it. There was an application that was really, you know, full on in terms of like, I want to know your Enneagram number. Like what's, you know, not just a, what's your experience. Then there was like, you know, and it was stuff around like values and stuff around like, you know, what kind of work have you done around empowering women is, you know, that kind of stuff. And then there was, like, a practical task for, like, we kind of filtered from the applications into, like, a test. So creating landing pages, what would you do for this workflow, just to make sure that, you know, they really could, like, that their work really checked out, you know. And from there, then we invited to interview. And then, you know, you get enough of a feel from interview Um, and have ended up with an incredible operations coordinator who I just adore, and has been so, so helpful that, you know, she often, like more often than not, when we have a team meeting on a Monday, she brings the agenda and that's what I love. Like she, I'm not, I'm not showing up to that meeting going, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. She's saying to me, okay, this is coming up this week for you. You need to, this is what I need you to do in order for this to happen. You need to send me the copy for this. You need to do for that. And I love, love, love that because it feels like someone else really has stakes in your business with you, right? Instead of it just being you always responsible for everything, even the delegation, she's so competent that she's, you know, she sets the agenda. Like we have a meeting today and she has like, she already has the agenda set. I've just looked at the notes for the agenda of what we're going to talk about. And she's looking ahead. At what's coming up and and helping me prepare for that as well so it really does feel
0: I think a lot of that is down to aligning the values as well it is so what other way when we talked about breaking down barriers and courage earlier what other areas do you see in terms of barriers for for women in business what have you seen in the past what would be the most common that keeps coming
1: up I would say visibility and selling uh, I see it as the most one of the most um most vulnerable areas for women and where they feel they don't have the skills or they don't have the they don't have the like courage to be visible with their work and ask people to buy it or to 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 work with them to buy from them. They feel really self conscious about it they you know, it's it's the kind of, and this is, I think this is where my sweet spot is. I can kind of feel the fizziness rising up in me right at the minute in my body as I talk about this. My sweet spot is working with women who feel really ambitious about their work and are struggling with visibility. Is there a particular area that they're struggling with? So, for personally,
0: I would really struggle to get up on that traditional stage and give your speech to hundreds of people. But if I'm doing a video, a long-form video explaining what I do, who it can help, what your outcomes will be, I feel to me that's completely natural, and that's mm. part. Actually, I I felt more natural through lockdown because we're so used to being on video, et etc. And talking to you now, I'm calm. But if you asked me to get up onto, onto that stage and um, do a live talk, I would just clam up. Wouldn't I? I wouldn't be able to start. I'd either. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, that's totally natural as well. Um, And of course, for every every female business owner, it's going to be a different aspect of that because often our work is so personal. Right. Our create what we're creating is so personal. We felt a real call to it. Like we felt a real like, oh, I would love to have an interior shop or, oh, I would absolutely love to like. Help people with their copywriting, or oh, I just I know I'm good at art. I would love I would just love to make a full time income from this art creation that I am good at, um. And it comes from that deep place. So uh, so when we then go to try and kind of share that with other people, it's like the risk is so high, right? What if what if people don't like it? What if I come across as pushy? What if I come across as needy? What if um? I come across as greedy. What is there, you know, like, what if people think that it's rubbish? What if people think, what is she doing? You know, all, all of these narratives, all of these thoughts and they are universal with women. They really are women that are, are showing up and putting their work out there for it to be seen, heard and bought. And so, you know, of course it's going to feel terrifying because We are putting these like beautiful, very close and precious things to us out into the world, ultimately for people to have opinions on. And that's, that is what's going to happen. People, and you know, there's no denying it, there's no getting around it. And so there's a bit of like courage that needs to be built there. And that, I think that that comes with time and it comes with practice and it comes with understanding our own triggers and it comes with being okay that our work is not for everybody and that other people's opinions only really tell us about their preferences, doesn't really tell us anything about our work. What, what about finding your right audience? You know, who do
0: you really examining yourself and understanding? Who do you want to talk to? Who gets you? Who gets what you're doing? Who would really thrive with what you're doing? How, you know, who, who would it help? And again, who, who are you aligned with? Would that. Would
1: that, mm-hmm. For me, that often helps when I
0: think about that.
1: Absolutely, that helps. And, you know, but I think that that is often we try to outsource that. And what I mean by that is we kind of um, look to the people who are already following us or watching what we're doing or connected with us. And then we start asking them, like, what would you like to see? What's like, what do you like? What would you what would be helpful for you for me to do rather than us going? What I what feels aligned for me? What's calling me to be created? What do I really want to say in this space? What do I want to offer? What do I know in my heart of hearts is actually the next brave move in my business? And then start to kind of communicate that And I think that what happens with that, and I kind of explain this as you, when you feel like that real alignment within yourself first, right, it activates a magnet. So it activates a magnet and a magnet is not just the drawing in, it's also the repelling. So when the magnet is activated, because you are being loyal to your idea and the, and the Kind of burning thing that you want to do, and you start to be visible with that, it's going to activate the magnet of people coming towards you who are on board, are ready to hear what you have to say or do, who want what you've got. And it's also going to move people away from you who are just not ready for that or who are not interested in that anymore. You know, and that's okay. That's okay too. Um, But the most important part of that whole kind of creating an audience thing is that you're true to yourself first and you allow people to come towards that thing based on a real steady, grounded, aligned version of who you are and what you're doing. And actually,
0: when you let that happen naturally, the whole communication piece becomes that bit easier and natural. Yeah. And And you can communicate on a platform that you feel comfortable with, not necessarily standing on that stage. Yeah, absolutely. That might not be how that audience absorbs that information. You know, they're not, they're not there. That's not
1: where you're going to find them. Yeah. And I think stop thinking about how everyone else is going to receive it and think about how you want to feel when you're communicating it. Mm-hmm. Because that's what's going to translate them with the most power authenticity and magnetism. If you're trying to crowbar yourself to kind of Well, I know that, you know, people who are in business and da 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 are on LinkedIn, then I better try and show up there and, you know, navigate that stuff. When even though you don't feel like a very LinkedIn connected person, (laughs) right? And that space doesn't feel very natural to you. And you can't actually show up. There's not the mechanisms in that space to show up the way you like to. And I don't, I actually don't even think that, you know, the way there's, it's often talked about that, you know, where are your, where are your, where's your audience hanging out? I think they're everywhere now. There's not, you know, it's not specific to to different platforms. Like, oh, all the creative people are on Instagram or, or all the, you know, very professional people are on LinkedIn or, you know, Facebook is better for these people, blah, blah, blah. I don't think that's true anymore. And I actually think that can really stall a lot of people because they're kind of overthinking where they need to show up. And I think, again, return to yourself. Where do you like to be? Where feels good for you? Where, do you? where do you feel more most excited, playful, energized, connected, aligned? Start there. Keep it simple. Because when your energy is good for that, that's going to come across. And your audience and people, like they're everywhere. They're on all of the platforms. Yeah, they absolutely are
0: this might be a big a big question but i mean we we talk a lot about branding and strategy and you should be doing it this way should be doing it that way but how can we be really realistic with ourselves and the time we have and where we should be putting our focus so if we've a new business idea for example and we need to be true to ourselves but we have to get that branding right we have to get that strategy right where do you start so i know that's a big question but how, do, how can you be honest with yourself in terms of the time and where you should be putting that time to start up those ideas?
1: Oh, it is a big question. I think my first port of call is, is often, if, if the idea has come from me and I'm not asking about the idea itself, but it would be to find out from my community or the people who are already connected to my work the kind of how of that right? So I've got an idea. So for example, at the beginning of the year, I had I just felt this real strong sense of wanting to gather women more, um, especially female business owners in person. And I, I've hosted a retreat in October and it was magical. My business started by in-person events and I wanted to try and I wanted to see if there was an appetite for that again. So the idea was mine as in like, I wasn't reaching out to my community to help them, to get them to tell me what to do. The idea came from me, from here. And it was from there that I was like, okay, I need to find out some more information from my people about whether this is something that they would be interested in, what format they would like that to be, what would make sense for them, what stuff they're struggling with that I can address within that retreat space. Um, And so I sent out a female business owner survey um, and got like, I think it was close to 100 responses full of amazing information. And from there, it's been able to help me strategize. So I'm hearing from my people saying, these are the top things that we're struggling with. So now I know that I can address those things. This is the format of... A retreat or a day away or whatever that we think would work. I can create that. I know that I can create that. And then everything kind of after that is really experiment in the beginning, I think. And we don't give it, I don't think we give ourselves enough space to experiment and be okay with play in our business. Sometimes I think we hold things so seriously. And I know that for a lot of people, the stakes do feel high and there's, you know, they maybe are investing in their business and, you know, they've put lots of money into it or whatever and play doesn't feel like a natural thing to prioritize. But if at all possible in some way, I think it's important to recognize that business is changing so, so much. There's not one way to do it. It's changing all the time. There is no perfect and right formula or way to do it for you. And that there has to be an element of experiment involved that we can be okay with. Because how else do you learn? How else do you know? You're not going to get it perfect and right out of the gate.
0: Absolutely. And I think that the key thing for me there is the whole flexibility because everything is changing so much, so quickly. And If we look at the, the area I work in, flexible workspaces, oh my God, the last two years has, has push things forward so much quicker than the last 10 years in our industry Mm. Um, and we've had to be really really quick and innovative but open to that the ebbs and flows there and moving on and I think I've really I've really embraced that because I absolutely thrive on that sort of thing Mm. adapting yeah yeah Mm. and that's where that's where my sweet spot is is helping others embrace that and find that right balance for them and their their teams Mm. It's not easy and you're com- you are constantly looking at what are what are they doing what are they thinking about me have I done that wrong and it's very very easy to flick into that negative mode and the protective mm. mode rather than completely opposite and embracing change and going with your flow and your
1: natural gut reaction yeah oh yeah totally and you know i think scarcity has a lot to do with that you know, a lot of the messages we receive as women and also today in our culture is about scarcity. There's not enough of this. This is going to, this is going to, this is this impending cost rise, etc. And actually a lot of that stuff, yep, there's some reality to what's happening in the world, but there is more than enough out there. There is more than enough money, there's more than enough clients. There's more than enough business for all of us. Uh, really, it's about a lot of it is about building bravery and courage and resilience to stay in um, and and keep trying as long as that feels healthy for us, right? To keep doing that, to keep yeah. trying, you know, because there is plenty out there for everybody. There just is. There just is. And there's only one of you and what you bring and the way mm. you bring
0: it. Yeah. There's only one unique you. What, mm. What's next in the courageous
1: world for, for Mal Wiggins? Mm. So I, I have a female business owner retreat coming up next month. And I'm super excited about it. It's here in Northern Ireland. Uh, so I've rented a beautiful property in the countryside and have hired a beautiful caterer to come and, like feed us all week well it's a midweek thing so it's like a Wednesday to Friday thing and there are business owners coming from a very like a really beautiful varied mix and so it's a retreat and then a- and then following the retreat the same group will be part of a mastermind together for three months um helping each other you know with their businesses and ideas and keeping accountable and I have all kinds of coaching tools and resources and business strategy work to do with them as well so I'm really excited about that and that's that's a brand new thing that I'm I'm trying so this is this is the experiment stage I uh, get based, of feedback guess I'll get lots of feedback I'll learn a lot uh, which is you know it's fun but can be hard but it's all part of it and um, I just can't wait to like spend two and a half days with these amazing women who are doing great things and are ready to invest in themselves. And yeah, I'm excited about that. So I hope to do more of those. Yeah. And then I have a, I have an accelerator program, which is a, a leadership program for women in business. That is kind of the signet, my signature kind of bread and butter course that I, uh, that I run every year and it's eight months And I'm just finishing up with an amazing group. I'm actually going to be so sad. I finish with them next month. And we've been together for, you know, the last seven months. And then the new group is starting in September. So I can't wait to see who is going to be part of that, that accelerator program. Um, Because it's always like when you get to spend that, that length of time with a group, it's really special. It really is so special. And the most rewarding thing in my work is, is seeing the collaboration of women that come together because of the spaces that I've been holding for them, you know? So I see, I love seeing that happen without any of my involvement, if you know what I mean? So I can see these different businesses doing little projects together, or this person is having this person into their space, or that is one of the most rewarding things for me, so. Yeah, no, I love being part of of those groups because you see people growing in so many different aspects of
0: their lives, not just the business aspect. And the confidence as well, you see them coming out of themselves,
1: yeah, totally. It's and that is because when we get into spaces with other women and we realize that we're not all different, really, and lots in lots of our own vulnerabilities and what we struggle with and what we're juggling, there's you know, it fosters a real sense of safety to be able to um, be more bold and to know that there are other women watching you, not judging you but totally have your back um, and are, are, are wanting you to succeed, wanting you to, to like be the most honest and true version of you in your business. And that's, that's gold. Yeah, yeah, no, it really is. Well, where can people find out more about you? Mm, so melwiggins.com uh, has everything on there. It'll be up to date with whatever programs are running. Um, how you can apply for programs or get, you know, find out when the next retreats and stuff are, um, and then you can, from there, hopefully find a way to sign up to my mailing list, and you'll be kept uh, in the loop of everything that's happening that way, and also on Instagram. So, Instagram, I'm at Mel Wiggins. Pretty simple. And your newsletters are fantastic, by the way. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I love definitely. I love writing my newsletters. Yeah. Well, Val, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me, Susan. And um, good luck with all your courageous projects going forward. And you. And you. Thank you so much. Wonderful.
0: Thanks for listening. And don't forget that all the episodes and links are on our website, thehubnewy.com. While you're there, you can stay tuned with what we're up to by subscribing to our mailing list. Subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And thanks again for being here. Powering Productivity is presented by me, Suzanne Murdoch, and produced by Emily Crosby Media.